0: It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Confessions of a Reformer. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro, and today we're going to talk about introspection. I could have done that deeper. I should have introspection um so that was kind of creepy that's fine um b- before we get into that uh I have a couple of stories I wanted to share with you guys um, I'm doing this thing called the personal development shred right now and we had our second coaching me- coaches meeting this morning and at some point in the beginning of this I was talking about self-worth and the hero's journey and whatever and I started singing the song from Disney's Hercules I Can Go the Distance Or go the distance or whatever it's called. But I would stop and then like have someone else on the call sing the second half of the same line. And so this one girl did one line and then someone else did another line. And someone else from the call sang the second half of the line. And I kept going because I didn't know if anyone else would know the lyrics. And she and I basically did a duet for the rest of this, well, the rest of that portion of the song. And we were all like screaming and cheering by the end of it. It was hilarious. Um, But I also want you guys to know that right now in this moment I have... A song from Disney's Frozen 2 stuck in my head. And I'm going to sing it for you now. <laughs> this is the line that won't stop playing in my head. And do the next right thing. That's it. That's when Anna is like laying down ready to die. She's just giving up hope on life. And then she starts singing that song. And it's a beautiful triumphant moment. It's a great song. Anyway, Disney, what a great. Oh, there's a word I wanted. I don't have it. What a great inoculator. That's probably the closer thing I'm going to get right now. Okay. Listen, uh, I think I had something else I wanted to share, but I don't remember it anymore. So we're going to get into it. Um, someone from the online coaching group has brought this subject up a couple of times, and she's asked me, would I please do a session in the online coaching group or on my, an episode on my podcast talking about introspection, the value of it, the difference between that following the Lord. I'm actually going to read specifically what she shared with me on Instagram, She said, we are told in the church community to avoid introspection, that there is something wrong with searching inside of yourself. One, I want to know, why is that? And two, as a coach or someone who's serving others that requires a level of awareness, when does awareness become toxic and too introspective? Um, I'm mostly curious how the texture of introspection differs from repentance, she says. So I do want to unpack that. And the thing is like, and I wanted to do an episode on my podcast about this because beyond the, the... word or the practice of introspection i want to talk about like deeper than this why that actually can be a destructive habit or practice and i'm gonna say right now i don't hate introspection i think it's important i think it's valuable i think there's a lot of good stuff that comes from it it just depends on who's doing it depends on why we're doing it depends on who's driving right so basically the idea of introspection especially when she's talking about the church telling us not to do it The bad rap that introspection has gotten is that we get lost obsessing over our own performance, our past, our inadequacies. We just continue to focus on the things that aren't right about us or that are missing from our lives. It's a very negative practice in that sense, right? And of course, if you're gonna meditate and dwell on the things that are wrong or missing, you're only gonna have more of that experience. So it's a really bad idea to do that. So in that way, introspection is a really bad practice if that's how you're gonna use it, right? Um, And so, and I totally agree with that. I'm like, yeah, people shouldn't be doing that. It's very much not helpful. If you get feedback from somebody in your life and they're like, hey, this kind of sucks, like you do this or I'm affected by you in this way or whatever, and you start hearing this from other people, it's probably a good idea to stop and pause and look, reflect a little bit and look at like, is this true? Am I actually doing this to people? And if I am, why? Where is this coming from? Obviously, there's a bit of introspection there. I think there's a space for that that's appropriate as long as the person who's doing it actually has control over themselves and is looking for constructive understanding versus I'm just going to find more evidence to hate myself and to remove myself from something or disqualify myself from friendship or, you know, those are all really bad reasons to be doing this. Um, looking for ways that we can better serve and protect the people we love. That's a beautiful reason to be introspective about something. And again, I also want not again, sorry. I want to also throw in here. We want to put in a caveat there that if you're going to be introspective, there should probably be a time limit to that. You probably don't want to spend a ton of time there. You don't want to live there. Let's just visit there every once in a while to gather some notes that we can use that are helpful, but that's going to be an exception rather than a place that we live or return to on a regular basis. And this is coming from someone who's quite contemplative. I think a lot. I used to think way more than I think now, which is actually kind of embarrassing to say out loud, but that's absolutely true. I used to think way more than I think now. I don't not think. I just, my mind plays a different role in my life now than it used to. And that's actually what I want to talk about here. So, um, I think I've covered why it is the church addressing introspection as a bad thing. Um, when does awareness become toxic and too introspective? Yeah, so it's less about the too introspective. It's not so much like how much of this we're doing, and it's more, again, about the reason behind it, the source, the the driver, why. So here's the deal. My main premise on this is, and this is going to rub up against, you know, a lot of our norm, specifically because we're in a Western Culture, right? We just we think like the Greeks, and so that very much has framed up how we approach the world and view things. And you guys have heard me say this a few times. I think I talk about this especially in the episode called Intellectualism. What, Intellectualism on my podcast, which is one of the highest listened to episodes on my podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But I definitely reference this there. Um, we are trained, we're taught in our culture and in society at large to take responsibility for ourselves that i think in my opinion in my perspective is actually unbiblical um we're trying to and i would say it actually is irresponsible because it's inaccurate we are trying to take responsibility for things we have no control over and also things we don't have the power to change or to influence that doesn't belong to us and yet we still do it and so we end up having to create a delusional world where we are successful in accomplishing the goal of managing something that's actually not up to us. It doesn't mean we end up managing it. It means that we're living in a fake world where that management is actually effective or producing something that matters. And that's not actually true in the real world. Um, All of us were designed to be filled with something else, right? Not, we're not complete unto ourselves. Our identity, our state is not complete by itself. We are designed to be filled with the Holy spirit to be full of God, And we could be full of other stuff too, besides God, right? (laughs) But in that space, there's actually a state of this and an invitation for what right living looks like, what we call righteousness, where we're actually led by the spirit of God via faith, which is offensive to the Greeks, right? This is not wisdom to Western thinking. Living by faith is foolishness, and so we're going to have to give up our ego and our demand for certain kind of outcomes or results or, like, being perceived as successful if we're going to live as a faith person, right? A people, as a person of faith, like people of faith. Um, the, per- the person who lives by faith is righteous, right? Um, and so the righteous shall live by faith. This is, like, what, this is what we're called to and how we're meant to live, and it's contrary to our culture. It's contrary to the, what we celebrate in academia and the intellectual community and the Western thinking world. Um, and just because it's not popular doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean that God hasn't asked, us of this, asked this of us or doesn't lead us in this way. So we, it, it, the conversation of introspection, we have to first recognize that us driving the car of exploring who we are and what we've got going on is already a condemned scenario. We are not supposed to be driving that. The Lord might bring, like Holy, the Holy Spirit might bring stuff up for us to look at, And if he's the one bringing it up, we want to look at it. Now, when I say that, there is already a challenge here because some of us don't actually know when the Holy Spirit is doing something. We got to talk about this, right? I want to call it out. I don't want to condemn or criticize anybody, but I do want to address this thing that is kind of awkward in some Christian circles. We're like, yeah, just follow the Holy Spirit, obey the Holy Spirit, trust the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit lead, guide you, and we're like. Yeah, that sounds cute, except for a lot of us actually don't know what that means. Like, we don't know what, how to, that practically plays out. We don't recognize his voice, you know? Oh, we're going to take a little pit stop here. I want to just kind of give a little, <laughs> a little bit of an update on this. There's some personal process going on in this as well that is relevant to this conversation. Um, I felt some fire and some, like, uh, oomph coming out of me in the last couple of weeks specifically from the Lord to the church probably is the best way to say that, like to believers, people around me, people I don't know. Like there's a standard for believers to recognize the voice of God firstly, but then, but that's not enough. And then to respond to him, to like make a choice based on what he said. And obviously like the ideal version of this is to submit, to obey, to trust, to yield to what he's doing even if it costs us stuff, even if it changes the course of our lives or whatever, that we would say yes to that, right? That's how this is supposed to go. And that's not true for a lot of us. And I think that we all can look at the state of the world and understand that the believers are probably not following the Lord like they're supposed to, because if they were, this place would look different. And I'm not saying that to be critical, but I genuinely do believe the reason the world is, the state that it's in is because the people who know God and walk with him aren't doing that. Oh, and I don't want to be the guy saying this, but I also can't pretend like it's not happening and like live a sane life. So I'm just gonna put this. Listen, this is my podcast. I get to say whatever I want. <laughs> if I'm gonna give people I interview, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, I mean, I'm not kidding. It's fine. Anyway, the church believers. Sorry, guys, I'm yelling. The believers in the world aren't walking with God like they're supposed to. And this is not a criticism. It's an observation because good trees produce good fruit. Bad trees produce bad fruit. Um, The fruit we're seeing in the world isn't enough. Like the believers in the world, if they're actually walking with Jesus, there should be way more impact and transformation and radical results of our lives than what we're currently seeing. And we shouldn't see a bunch of anemic, insecure Christians reacting to political you know, drama or, you know, socioeconomic challenges or what, like the believers should be rising above these things, not in their own right. But if they were following God, he would lead them right past all this stuff. So I'm not accusing people of their efforts or their ability or their lack of faith necessarily. I'm not accusing anyone of anything necessary. I don't think, let me think about that for a second. Yeah, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I think I'm, I want to yell 1st I'm not going to actually physically yell, but I just, in the spirit of this, want to yell, hey, like this guy is way more involved and way more available and participatory than we're giving him credit for. And I think it's not that God's not involved or he doesn't care or he's not doing stuff. It's that his, the people he's chosen to move through, to move with, are not responsive to him. I think that's the problem here. And I'm saying that from personal conviction and experience. This last year has been crazy for me in terrible and beautiful ways and I've gotten to have a lot of reckoning with the, in my relationship with the Lord, just re- recognizing a lot of years where he has communicated with me explicitly about some stuff and I conveniently ignored it. I just it didn't make enough sense for me to do anything about, you know what I mean? I just, and I got to like kind of dance my way around it thinking that everything's fine, you know? And I got nice and busy and distracted with influence and ministry and stages and whatever and every once in a while i'd recognize like "Mm, the lord has kind of stopped talking to me about my story about my the path that i'm on and he used to be like pretty communicative like and it would every once in a while i would notice that and i'd be like i'd just be aware like that's not happening and then i'd get nice and distracted with the next thing i needed to do right and i was just conveniently busy and i did that for a few years and you know after a while it starts to get kind of achy and kind of dull and you get kind of like disenchanted a little bit and you kind of lose a little bit of respect for yourself, whether you realize it's happening or not. You know, you just kind of start experiencing a degrading economy. It's too vulnerable. No, it's fine. Uh, who am I talking to? Um, anyway, sorry, guys, I actually have some people in the studio today, so I'm not just talking to myself. Um, anyway, I got this last year. Things just kind of came to a halt i mean the last couple of years there have been like there's been writing on the wall you know there's been a precursor and i could tell i could smell it in the air god is coming after me and it wasn't a good thing like when he catches me like it's there's death to pay you know and i knew that and i'm like oh god so i just you know i think and this is true for some of us for many of us probably so i'm just going to call it out and i'm saying this from personal experience i get to see it because a plank got removed from my eye which means i get to see clearly to remove a speck out of other people's eyes right um, this is not something I'm trying to assert myself into. I think that I actually feel compelled by the Lord to need to say this. That's, that was not the point of this episode, but here we are. We'll get back to the introspection thing in a second. I promise it's relevant. Um, I knew when the Lord caught up to me or <laughs> when I stopped running from him or whatever, that there'd be hell to pay, that I would lose stuff, that I would suffer consequence, right? Not from punishment from God, but, from having to let go of things, I tightly wrapped my fingers around and clink, clung to to compensate for a lack of intimacy with the Lord. <sighs> yeah, that, that, hurt, that hurts coming out. <clears throat> yeah, I used to have a lot of dignity in my own mind. And yeah, it's not the case anymore. Anyway. It's actually really liberate, liberating to get rid of it, you guys. Dignity is burdensome. You know what I mean? It is hindering. It inhibits our ability to be free and follow Jesus. So maybe let's take a moment, little altar call. Those of you who like enjoy your dignity, I'm wondering, I want to take a moment and ask you, is it worth the price you're paying to keep that? Do you want to maintain that in your life? And are the things you're not grabbing onto that you're not moving into? Are those things worth giving up to have the dignity you have? How valuable is that to you? Is it really worth it? You know what I mean? And I'm saying this to Mike eight months ago. Um, If I said it to Mike two years ago, I wouldn't have heard this. I'd be like, yeah, Mike, whatever you know, I'd have all these available excuses and arguments and attitudes and beliefs to excuse myself from what I'm saying now. So anybody who has ears to hear, let me just throw it your way. And here's the thing that I've also learned. I can't make any of you care about this. I can't get you guys to understand me or to to know where this is coming from. The people who are like desirous of following the Lord in this place are the ones who are going to be caught by this and it's going to do something to them. The people who don't want that with the Lord, this is going to just glance right past them. And they're going to be, you're going to be fine. You're just going to give me a fist bump and an amen or a little fire emoji and move on with your life. And that's fine. And I'm not mad at you for that. It's okay. It's not my job to change where you are. And it's not your job to do that either. It's your job to be nice and honest with what you're actually experiencing in your life. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying this to like rebuke or condemn anybody. That's not true. I think there's a rebuke here. What am I? (sighs) Okay. Anyway. So, um, this last year getting to recognize like, yeah, I've been avoiding the Lord in this place and admitting that he said what he said and that I haven't responded has been a very painful emotional process. And it's not been one or two moments. It's been a repeated consistent experience and there have been accelerated parts of that process. Right. Um, but the thing is like, it's liberating to be walking this out, painful, expensive and liberating. And the thing is the freedom is worth whatever we lose, whatever. I'm just telling you from experience, the freedom is worth it. We must be free. So whatever's keeping you from that, I'm like, Hey, it's probably time. To just like, let it go. You know what I mean? And it's not just going to be a a brash decision you make with your willpower. It's going to be a consideration you open yourself up to and you let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So going back to the introspection conversation, I'm calling the church out, believers, and I'm saying, I think a lot of us are not listening to the Holy Spirit. And I think it's because we don't actually know this person. Let's just let that burn for a second. It's not an emoji. It's like actual fire. You know? We don't, I think a lot of us don't know this guy, which sucks for us, sucks for him, but also is going to be a deal breaker in our ability to recognize his voice and then also respond accordingly. We're not going to respond to things God is telling us if we don't know him, because we'll use the Bible to refute his voice. We'll find scripture to justify our disobedience and excuse us from responsibility. We can do it. The Pharisees were really good at it. And guess what? The Pharisee thing is still around. How do I know that? Because I've been a Pharisee a few different seasons of my life. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not saying that, you know, because it's like flipping or you know, inconsequential. That sucks. Like those are the people that Jesus rebuked the most when he was here. You know what I mean? I consider myself rebuked, man. That And the father disciplines the ones he loves. You know what I mean? I'm not here to call anybody out to like just pass judgment on people. I'm saying this because like the Lord is doing this in my life and I don't think it's just for me. I, like there's fire and passion and anger and pain that has come up that's beyond my own personal experience and the things that I'm being called out for and I'm aware like there's something that the Lord wants with us and he's not pleased at the deafness at the hard-heartedness at the stiff-necked people that don't respond to him like he's not okay with that you know what I mean and I'm not saying this to be like oh fire and brimstone but I do want to release the fear of the Lord over you you're welcome like that is something we do want in our lives. And I you know we, we're all like, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Meaning a spirit of fear of anything else, like a fear of man or a fear of consequence. Or if, like that stuff is not from the Lord, but a fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We must not trifle with this person. He is not flippant or fluffy or, you know, coddly. He, does, he doesn't do that stuff. Like God is in a good mood and he loves us. And because of his love for us, he cannot tolerate the dull immaturity and like delusion where we just like replace his voice with other Christian mantra to make us feel good about our lives. Like that's not acceptable. And he's not pleased with that. And I'm like, it's coming out. You know what I mean? So whoever has ears to hear this, like hear it, you know, and don't just hear it. Like, let it mess you up. Let it bother you. I've Oh, this is the thing I was going to say at the beginning. I've been, um, jumping on Instagram, like IGTV and just kind of like ranting a little bit sharing some of this this process and like releasing it out there because like it's you know it's coming out I'm like i ah, just so if you want to hear some of that process in a little bit more of a different direction you can check it out on my instagram um the igtv portion of it and i'm if i'm wearing like what um at mike show, yeah my instagram handle is mike show um if i'm wearing like a few jackets and gloves and i'm walking around with like some kind of epic lighting in the background that's probably the video i'm talking about there are a few of them anyway The like the the new testament, the new testament is full of rebuke to people who are unresponsive to the spirit of God, who don't receive his invitation. And it's not just salvation, you know what I mean? Like a lot of us treat salvation like it's the pinnacle or the, the benchmark, and that's not it, that's the starting point, that's the entry. Right? There's so much more here for us, and not just in possibility, but in intimacy, in demand from God because of love. Like he's not okay with you just ignoring him, he loves you. And he knows you love him, if you do. And if you do, that comes with expectations. That comes with a standard. Not a requirement of behavior, but a demand for a response. Right? If you love this person, then you're going to be responsive to him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right? And we can turn that into a performance-based, whatever, and that's not what he said. That's not what he's talking about. If you love me, another way you could say this is, you'll be responsive to what I'm saying you'll know what I'm saying and respond to it. Your life will reflect that this matters, right? That's, that's the deal. And I think I feel nervous and kind of distraught that I find myself among believers who are not responsive to the voice of God. That bothers me. Like I, this last couple of weeks, these last couple weeks have been like t- deeply troublesome because I think I've experienced people, uh, not just people I know. I mean, like in general, I'm starting to wake up to this realization that people are being given invitations from God through other human beings, like through their testimony, through things they're releasing that God has said to them that when we hear it, we actually are accountable for what we do with that. Not out of a requirement, but out of like an invitation that has a standard attached to it. Right. We are accountable for what we do. If we just roll around, like, If we just roll over and move on with our lives like that didn't happen, that is a choice. That is a response. And passivity is a choice we make. You know what I mean? You're not guilt-free just because you didn't respond. And all of us, we have a threshold. There's a time frame for this. And that window closes at some point. And there's not like a set time. It's different for each of us, right? Because it's based on the heart. But at some point, time passes where you should have responded by now. And because you haven't, you condemn yourself you chose right by not choosing like that is a choice there's this parable of jesus of jesus told of the mass this master sending his messengers right his servants to go invite a bunch of people to a banquet he was hosting and several people responded oh i just got married or I just bought these oxen or you know these things have happened that are important to me i can't come sorry and their rsvp is no so the servants respond come back to the master and say yeah they're not coming for these reasons and his response is not oh okay or he's not hurt he's not offended he's upset he gets very angry right and he's like go invite all the lame and the deaf and the blind and the the marginalized of society bring them to my party and they did like hey we did and there's still room he's like okay go further out the highways and byways right go to the edges of the city and bring people from there too my house will be full the and he says at the end of this parable the people who did not respond to my invitation will not taste of my banquet whoa like i think we need to understand like god loves us he is in a good mood because he loves us, there's a demand for a response here. And when we don't respond, he doesn't not care. I think I just want to communicate to you guys, and I'm saying this from my intimacy with the Lord. He cares. He's not punishing. He is not condemning. So understand, I'm not saying he's going to come after you and ruin your life. He's not, that's not true. That's not what I'm saying. But he does care. Your lack of response to him matters to him. He recognizes that. And he's not indifferent about it. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is not easily angered, but understand that there is a point where love does get upset. It doesn't say love is never angered, right? Understand this. Like love covers a multitude of sins. He is patient, right? He always protects. He always trusts. That's true. But there is a point where you, whether you're conscious of this this or not, your lack of response to him is an indication of a lack of ownership a lack of responsibility, a lack of trust, a lack of whatever that's actually appropriate for this because it's available. And so it's you choosing not to engage with this person. And the reason you're doing that is probably because you're preferring something else. I'm not gonna respond to God because my job is too important to me. My whatever, I I could list anything, any sacred thing right now, and it it still qualifies. My marriage is too important to me to listen to God. My family is too important. My ministry is too, too important. My reputation is too important. My survival, I mean, I don't know. Are any of these sacred enough? Like I, how, how intense do I need to get? My whatever is too important to me to actually hear God. And so I'm not going to hear him because I don't want to have to respond. I don't want him to dictate where my life goes. I don't want him to call a shot that I didn't agree to, that I'm not comfortable with. That doesn't fit in with my plan, right? Like hopefully there's something in here that's like catching a chord somewhere, you guys, because this matters. This is like probably 10 months of my process that I'm like coming out of and it's not done, but (laughs) I'm not saying this to scare people from things. I'm saying this to wake us up to this person who does have an expectation of us. Too much is given, much is required, much is expected. This is not Spider-Man. This is the Bible. (laughs) With great power comes great responsibility. <clears throat> God cares about this. And like I know that people can twist the Bible and theolog- theo- theologize however they want. And that's fine. I'm just, I don't care. I, I'm not here to convince people of anything. I'm here to just bear witness to the person that I've encountered and what he's like. And What he's asking of me. And I don't think it's unique to me. And I'm here just to like, give an account. Like, you guys, he's like this and he's looking for this. From all of us. So... The rebuke, the warning, the whatever, the invitation, it's there. Hopefully I've said what I need to say. It's there, okay? Um, And so let's get back onto the subject of introspection. What I'm saying to you now, if you go alone to get introspective about this and get nice and bothered and bottom out and get to the place in the dark world where you're like, oh God, I just want to give up. And then you just start singing, and do the next right thing to self-soothe. Like, that's not the answer to this. That's not an appropriate response. That's not enough. (laughs) There's more than Disney to this conversation. You know what I mean? Like, this is not about how you feel. And the goal is not to feel better about this. The goal is to encounter this person. The goal is to hear what he's saying. And the goal is to yield, to submit, to surrender, to obey, to trust. It's that, right? The goal is not to come up with it. The goal is to hear him and respond. And we can't make him talk. What we can do is get rid of the things that have made us deaf, that have made us blind. We can't make God talk but we can get rid of the things that make us diff- make it difficult for us to hear him. Because here's the thing. My sheep hear my voice. They know me, right? That's true, and it is a condemning statement for those of us who don't hear him. And I had the wherewithal at some point in that little like silent period where I was like, I don't hear him. I wasn't acting like a sheep. I wasn't <laughs> living from my identity, you know what I mean? And my life sucked. I mean, it looked amazing, and it was sparkly, and I was getting applauded and whatever but inwardly I'm like ah something's wrong I could feel like there was a timer over my head my time was limited you know and that was not a fun way to live like that was hellish and I think there are a lot of us who are still living like that And I'm like you guys this is not what he paid for that blood wasn't shed for you to have this experience he died so you had no leash he died so the timer would go away he died so the guilt and the fear and the having to manage more things than you actually can would go away And that you you could have peace that surpasses your understanding, that the peace of God would guard your heart and your mind, that you get to live like a child, free, that your burden would be light, your yoke would be what? Yeah, and your your yoke would be light, right? Because it wouldn't be yours, it would be His, and you'd get to like be led in your life. And I know that's like a lot to ask because it's so foreign to how all of us live our lives. But I'm like, hey, the solution is not to dumb this down or to get an alternative version of this. The solution is for us to change our lives. I mean, change our expectations, change the framework we're operating within, change what we anticipate the future could look like. could we give up our American dream? Could we give up our rhythm, our standard, our time management, our requirements of other people? Could we let some of that go and make space for obedience to what God is saying to us? And then those things fall in line according to what we heard, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God which the Bible is part of that. But, you know, for some of us, that's actually not enough. It's not enough to read words inspired by God. We need to hear his voice, that rhema voice from the Lord speaking to us now. Like, what is he saying to you? You know, like we need to be in a space where we're actually willing to hear it because it'll be threatening, I'm sure. He's not scary. He's not trying to ruin our lives, but he's not afraid of us having to be brave and walk through a valley. That's called the shadow of death. (laughs) He's like it's he's okay because he's with us he goes through it with us he won't leave us or forsake us right so he's happy to ask any of us anything of us because he's going through it with us um so here's the thing introspection super helpful when the lord is leading it if the lord invites us to look at something in our past in our current state if he's, if he's going to cause us to look at something that's not awesome that's great let's do it with him if we do it without him this thing is probably a destructive exercise it's probably not going to lead to life Um, I'm going to check my notes to make sure I'm not missing anything. I'm curious how the texture of introspection differs from repentance. Okay, I'm going to end this with a story. This has happened to me twice in the last three weeks. Um, Ruby is the producer of my podcast. She's sitting next to me right now. Um, She was talking to me about a specific aspect of my relationship with the Lord that I shared with her. Um, and she was just honoring and like appreciating my response to stuff that the Lord has told me and, um, just like grateful and like, I guess, respectful of like, Hey, this matters and this is important. And it's like, and I'm seeing that. Right. And then a week later, my roommate was asking me like, what did Ruby say in this conversation? I was sharing it. I got caught with emotion. I got overwhelmed and I started crying out of nowhere. I was shocked. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I realized like three, four, I've, I've done inventories, actually four significant things that I realized. In that moment that I didn't realize here's the thing, it wasn't revelation, even though we could probably interpret it that way because of how sudden and like beyond me it was, but it wasn't revelation, it was repentance, because the revelation that came to me years ago has still been here and has been ruining my life because I've been trying to avoid it and not know it, right? So in that moment, I think because of the state of my heart, and there have been some a lot of precursors up to that, that point. All of a sudden, my heart was in a place where I was willing to hear something I didn't want to. I was willing to know something that was going to cost me something. And in that moment, for whatever reason, is when it clicked. And I all of a sudden realized the ways that I had deviated from what the Lord had told me. And he wasn't condemning me. It was exposing the state of my own heart. And by me getting to admit that, acknowledge and recognize it, the truth got to come in. And I got to recognize how good the Lord actually is, how invited and empowered I actually am. Um how legitimate my story actually is, right? Um, how valid and important and how much of a gift it is to get to walk this out with the Lord. I didn't know, and it's sad to like admit, but a lot of those things were missing up to that point. And I knew something was wrong. I didn't know what the answer was. Introspection did not get me there. I'm gonna say that again. Introspection did not get me to that point. I went on lots of walks, lots of talks with the Lord, lots of ranting, lots of yelling in the woods. Um, and in that space, my heart was continuing to be tempered. You know what I mean? And it wasn't something I was doing. My effort was, I want to continue to explore. What is this pain that's coming up? What is the fear that I'm avoiding? What you know, what are these things that are just being pushed out of me? Because it was being provoked, right? Um, And so for all of us, when we're talking about the introspection thing, you don't get to lead this process. If that's where you're starting from, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to end up somewhere you want to be in. It's not how this works. The Lord must be the one who leads this and we can't get him to do stuff for us. What we can do is pry our consideration box open. We can allow things to be proposed to us and not protect ourselves and see what happens. What is the consequence of being subjected to this idea, this question? this proposal, this threat. I'm saying that because of how it might be perceived in the state you're in. Right. And from that place, clarity will come. And I think a lot of us don't want to touch it. And there was a while there where I didn't want to touch any of this because I didn't believe I would find the answer. I thought from the get go that I would not succeed. And so I didn't want to start. And that was unbelief, obviously. So, um, I'm going to actually probably end up praying at the end of this episode. (laughs) We're stirring some drama. Um, You guys, introspection is helpful if the Lord is leading us into it. I'm going to change the word. Like Reflection is helpful if the Lord is leading us into it. Us going into the dark forest by ourselves with our little lamp and our our dagger and our do the next right thing song in our hearts, probably not enough. You know what I mean? You can sing all you want. That wolf's going to eat you right up. But if the Lord led you and he's singing, the song will melt the wolf we'll turn the lights on. We'll, we'll part the trees. You know what I mean? We'll pull you and who knows how that experience will go. It's fascinating, but every single one of us is on a dramatic epic fairy tale journey with the Lord. And he is the one who will pave the way. He will clear the path. He will, and he'll speak to us from the inside. That is what we are invited into. And we're all desirous of this epic adventure. We want to be living a dangerous life. We want to walk the edge, not to be controversial, to be in love to cast our lot and demonstrate that we actually trust this person with our lives, that he's worth it. You know? So the introspection space is helpful. If the Lord is leading, if it's not him, we shouldn't touch it. And that's a form of self-control we need to exercise. I won't touch it if he's not leading me there. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to go there because the temptation is I'm going to protect myself by finding every way this could go wrong and prepare myself. And guess what? That's a response to fear. That's an obedience. That's an agreement with the spirit of fear. That is not how we're meant to live. So we don't touch that stuff unless the Lord is leading it, right? Okay. Um, So any knowledge or insight or any information we touch without the spirit of the Lord is violating, is inappropriate. The knowledge of good and evil was not for us to touch without him. When God leads us, that's where we must go. And there are places in our hearts the Lord leads us to that we don't want to go to because we're terrified of what we're going to find, of what it's going to mean, of what it's going to cost us. And I'm like, you guys, if the Lord is leading you there, that's where you have to go. And if introspection is part of it, then get in. But my answer is it has to be the Lord. And so for those of us who don't recognize the Lord, who aren't willing to hear him who don't know have the familiarity or intimacy with him, like that's where you need to start. And it's going to start from not you hunting him down necessarily. It's going to start from you being willing to give up whatever idols have taken the place of him in your life. What have you said yes to that isn't his, that he didn't give you? What is it? Start there. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to pray. Uh, father, Thank you that you have not left us as orphans. Thank you that you lead us into all truth. Thank you that you discipline the ones you love. Yeah, God, thank you that your plans you have for us are for our prosperity, for our benefit. That you force everything on our journey, whether we make mistakes or not, 100% of whatever happens, you force to be a benefit. You cause it to be good for us. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God, thank you that you take everything that happens, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you force all of it to be a benefit, to be an advantage, to be a blessing for us. And God, I ask that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to know the truth. Would you give us the faith and the courage to admit what's going on, to acknowledge it, and to respond to you? Would you give us ears to hear? God, we don't want to neglect you. We don't want to be unresponsive. We don't want to be deaf or dumb or mute or blind to you. We want to know you. We want to walk with you. As yes, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would stir it up in us, that you would cause the things that we're not even conscious of to come to the forefront and for us to get to acknowledge, to recognize what that is and submit it to you. We want you, God. We don't want our dreams. We don't want to be safe. We don't want to win. We want you. Yeah, and I bless every listener checking out this episode. I bless you to prosper in your life because of your intimacy with Jesus, not because of your willpower or your connections or your, your effort. That You would walk in oneness with the creator of the universe, with the lover of your soul. Yeah, I bless you to know him. I speak to the doors of your hearts and I say, be opened in Jesus' name. He's good and he's kind and he's gentle and lowly of heart. You will find rest for your souls. God, thank you for what you're stirring up in our country, what you're stirring up in the world, what you're stirring up in us. We are grateful to be bothered by you. (laughs) We're honored to give up whatever we have on your behalf. It's a privilege to do that. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, If you want to leave a comment, a like, subscribe, we're all about that, Um, a review. Um, And yeah, if you have any questions or thoughts or whatever, you can always email us at contact at mikemyashiro.com. I read all those emails, so if you want to send something our way, that'd be great. Um, And until next time, good luck with the Lord. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out mikemayashiro.com.